0: expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. The
1: past is behind us. What has been,
0: now is
1: gone. But right now is with us. Welcome to the Victory Report, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio, featuring the men and women of Team Challenge of Arizona sharing their experience, strength, and hope as it relates to overcoming life-controlling issues by the power and grace of Jesus Christ. And now here are your hosts, The Muddy Man and Denver Wolf.
2: Well, welcome one and all to the second in a series of many to come, the Victory Report, where we uh, interview and talk to the men and women of Teen Challenge of Arizona, sharing with us what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today as it relates to overcoming life and controlling issues. Denver, hey buddy. Good morning, Monty. Good morning, Denver is uh, our co-host at the Victory Report. Before we introduce our guest, I want to I want to play a little sound clip. All right. So everybody, listen to this.
0: People ask me why I continue to preach,
1: and I answer because the word of the Lord has come unto me, and He tells me to go and proclaim His gospel
0: as long as I have breath. Many years ago when I went to a little Bible school, I sensed the call of God upon my life and I knelt there and I prayed and I wept and I said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go and be what you want me to be. And I want to ask, is God calling you into ministry? Ministry means service. Jesus said, I did not come to be served,
1: I came to serve. Every Christian is called to
3: ministry. Is God calling you?
2: So this morning, early this morning, uh, the world, I'm getting choked up. The world uh, lost a powerful man of God, and heaven gained uh, a powerful man of God. And uh, the Reverend Billy Graham passed away at age 99. And um, I, I wanted to play that sound clip because uh, we, it really doesn't veer away from the show. It really actually points to it because he's right. Every believer is called to ministry of some kind. We are called to to carry out the Great Commission. And that commission is to, in whatever we do in word or deed, that it points to the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. And he certainly was an iconic figure and and a prime example. I, I mean, leaders of other world religions would call on him for wise counsel. He was the official counselor to over a dozen presidents. And Believers and non-believers alike I mean, uh, the man really showed us How to walk in the light of the Spirit And how to point to God And uh, so we here at Take 12 Recovery Radio Wanted to, to honor him And ask you the question uh, You know, do you feel a call of some kind On your life to ministry? The Teen Challenge Program of Arizona Is filled with people that God, God has a call in their life to formal ministry. Uh, certainly, uh, our guest this uh, during this victory report is in ministry, and she's going to be sharing her experience, strength, and hope. Uh, but Denver, how'd you take this news this morning that Billy
3: Graham had passed? You know, I'm a baby Christian, so right. uh, I didn't, uh, I've didn't. i heard that name forever and right. ever. But uh, just hearing now that he got the call as a young person, he uh, followed through with that and listen to the lord yeah and uh it obviously has taken him well you know yes he's been uh faithful and uh he's in heaven today so it's a glorious day for him it I, certainly is I, yeah yeah
2: amen. yeah amen well listen uh today our guest is on the victory report is brandy v she's the center supervisor for the home of hope Women and Children's Center in Casa Grande, Arizona, part of the Teen Challenge of Arizona Network, uh, which is an amazing uh, network of people that have been called to ministry and are in the trenches. Brandy, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me
2: here. Absolutely. uh, It is good to have you here. So we're going to do something. We're going to do a little icebreaker here. I'm going to introduce you to our friend Cecil. Let's see if Cecil's there. (laughs)
1: Buddy, to play a little take 12 trivia on this episode of the victory report so take it away whoever's doing it just take it away do
2: it go ahead do it all
3: Monty tried, Randy. Monty tried to get me to read that part of it. And he does well at this trivia thing. Cecil is faithful for him to do this right.
2: And Cecil likes to introduce trivia, and uh, Cecil's on one of our other shows, too. Uh, thank you, Cecil. And so we like to do a little game we call Take 12 Recovery Trivia. Uh, and if you get it right, you'll hear this. And if you get it wrong, you'll hear something like this.
3: All right. So oh. I, I wish you were here to see it all go on. Uh,
2: it's,
3: it's, yeah, a, it's a magical me moment. Too. It's a magical moment. Yes.
2: So Brandy, here you go. Uh, by the way, if you get all these right, you get them all right. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. There's oh, no th- There's no prize. There's There's nothing. There's There's nothing at all. Getting them right.
0: You
2: just, just that, You <laughs> just get to go to bed tonight. Wake up in the morning. It's, that's all you get. It's the
3: gratification <laughs> of knowing you got it right. <laughs>
2: Okay, here's trivia. <laughs> Randy. here's trivia question number one. And these are multiple choice. Who has the largest eyes in the animal kingdom? Is it an elephant, a blue whale, or a giant squid? What do you think, Brandy? Do
0: squid even have eyes? Do not know if they do or not? I'm going to go with uh, the
2: whale. Sorry. It is actually the giant squid. They have eyes as wide as large dinner plates. <laughs> you didn't ask
0: me. Oh lord.
2: I'm going to ask you the next one. Oh. Okay, so okay. Denver gets to uh he gets to take a stab at this one. What is the name of the president and CEO of Teen Challenge USA? Here are your choices, Denver. <laughs> Robert Schuler, Joseph Batluck, Or John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt.
3: (laughs) Ooh, C C sounds like a beautiful title. I'm going to go with B. B, Joseph Batlett? What do you you think, Brandy?
0: I agree. Yes, I met him great, man. Oh, Oh, yeah, there you go.
3: Brandy, excellent. Good, you're on my side. (laughs) I was shooting in the dark. There you go. All right, uh, here's the third one. Uh,
2: Brandy, according to the website Teen Challenge USA... Who is the regional representative for Teen Challenge Southwest Region? Is it Bryce Maddock? Is it Snow Peabody? Or is it Gary Bentley? I'm going to go with
0: Snow Peabody.
3: What do you think, Denver? I'm going to go with Snee, uh, Snee Peabody. <laughs> Snee Peabody. <laughs> yeah, Snow Peabody. Well, if you guess Snow
2: Peabody, We're you are right. correct. Yes, yes, we
3: are. <laughs> All right. Good job.
2: Uh here's the next one. Uh the school education program that presents students with the dangers of drug and alcohol abuse is called is it called Reach Out, Stay Sharp, Or
3: building buddies. What do you think, Denver? You know, it used to be Dare when I was a kid. And uh Me too. <laughs> it was it? Yeah. Uh it is uh I believe uh Stay Sharp now. What do you think, Brandy?
0: I agree. And and unfortunately for me it was dare two which definitely dates me, but it is
2: stay sharp. It is stay sharp, that is correct. <laughs> okay. Um uh, here's here's a here's a really, really difficult one. Brandy, what color is Barney the purple dinosaur? Yeah.
0: I know this one. I don't even need multiple choice. He's definitely purple.
2: He's definitely purple. You agree, Denver? He right. was trying
3: to trick you, Brandy.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, and here's the last here's your bonus question. How many Teen Challenge Centers are in Arizona, Denver? Two, three, or five? Five. Brandy?
0: That is accurate. Five.
2: That is correct. There are five Excellent. centers. There is a center for adolescent girls in crisis, ages 12 through 17, a minimum of three months. There's a center for women ages 18 and over with their children, a minimum of 12 months. There's three centers for men ages 18 and over, a minimum of 13 months, as well as prevention programs, outreaches to schools, churches, and communities. And yeah. if you or someone you know needs help to overcome drug addiction, alcoholism, or other life-controlling problems, please contact one of these centers and you can visit okay. www.tcaz.org Excellent. There you go. So good yeah. job, Brandy. Wasn't that fun?
0: That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was
2: fun. I feel good. <laughs> Alright, that doesn't take 12 trivia. <laughs>
3: Moving right
2: along. Moving right along. Yes, indeedy. All right. So um, Brandy V is our guest. She is the uh, center supervisor for Home of Hope. Now, the first at our debut show, we had Marianne on, Mm -hmm. and she works at Home of Hope, too. Uh, And so if you want to learn more details of, about the history of the Victory Report and how it got started. You can go back to that show and listen to that. Um, but we're going to be focusing on Brandy's story today, and then we're going to talk about Home of Hope a little bit as well. Uh, Brandy, uh, you seem seem like you're in a pretty good mood this morning, right? I'm in a great
0: mood. I'm in a good mood, yes. Okay. Brought me so, on a good
2: day. <laughs> I, okay, great. Well, that probably wasn't always the case for you. What was going on? What brought you to a place where you yourself... Felt like you needed some help.
0: Sure, Um, I think for me, it's definitely a a whole combination of things. So I'll kind of try to get the gist of it without sharing uh, for two hours. But basically, (laughs) say that it started.
2: Yeah, it's a sixty minute show, so
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll try to keep it brief. I'm definitely someone who loves to talk, though, so you may have to reel me in.
2: Well, you're
3: you're a good company. We, we love talkers.
0: <laughs> good. Perfect. We're gonna have to hang out after the show then. Definitely. So so for me it started at a really young age. I would say uh honestly, uh there was a huge disconnect between me and my mom and she was a she was a single mom, and she had, she had a lot of uh, damage and things, obviously, that you don't know as a child that had taken place in her own life. It kind of molded and shaped her. And so immediately as a child, there was this huge disconnect, this, this intense void, void like, a, um, like a lack of love or, or direction or support. And, and now let me say that I absolutely adore my mom, and she serves the Lord uh, and we have grown together on this journey, but it wasn't always that way, and so at a very early age, I started using drugs and running away from home and drinking. I was 11 years old um, the first time I left home and stayed gone. I would leave in in short trips prior to that, but first time I left and stayed gone, I took a, a taxi to Phoenix, and it was more just to stick it to my mom and like I guess really make her worry. I don't know, to, to determine whether or not that she really cared or, or the reasoning is honestly unknown to me. I think I was just in a super, super rebellious stage and and, and just wanted any kind of attention. And so negative attention worked with me and I was definitely an all in kind of a person. Just like I am all in for the Lord now. I was all in for the opposite then and so I jumped on a bus which was like 50 cents back then and, and took off to Phoenix and, and roamed the street. And I kind of kept with that throughout my entire uh, youth. And I think the thing that really set me off around 11 is I was molested by a family member. Um, and so that lack of support and security from the, from my family in that area, almost what was the point is kind of where I took that. And so I ended up roaming the streets for a long time in my, and my adolescence and the, and the police would take me home and I would just immediately leave again. And they would take me home and I would leave again. And they put me in a, in a juvenile facility and I would leave again. And I think I started running around with um, some street gangs in Phoenix at the age of probably 13. And then that kind of became home. And the things that they were doing became home, all very familiar. And you kind of do whatever you need. To do to survive and in that moment for me it was whatever they were doing and that kind of filled that void I felt really needed in a very weird way Um, a part of something
2: did they give you a sense of, fam- uh, of family even though it was unhealthy but that was kind it, of the sense you it had gave
0: me yeah I mean super super unhealthy obviously but it did give me a sense of family I felt that I belonged somewhere and even at my worst I was accepted yeah um, and so it made it super easy for me. Uh, but, you know, just like all things apart from God, uh, it's, it's not going to it's not going to last. It's not going to remain. Um, and I was 14 years old and I was, you know, really addicted to huffing paint and was probably the biggest for me and honestly, one of the hardest things for me to shake. I would lose blocks and blocks of time uh and and not remember just black out here or there or anywhere and i was 14 years old and i was uh raped and left in an alley um phoenix that's actually how i lost my virginity i was shortly afterwards picked up and and taken into to the juvie system again which is where i found out that i was pregnant and I remember sitting there arguing with the nurse or the doctor at the facility, saying basically that it wasn't possible because I hadn't even had sex. Um, wow. And, you know, my yeah, it was tough. But my mom saying, you will have an abortion, you will have an abortion. And, of course, me being me and wanting to push against my mom, I decided to keep uh, my daughter. And so I was 15 years old the first time that I had a child definitely in no way ready uh for that responsibility um and and really believing i think in a sense that she would awkwardly fill that void again that i was searching to fill sure um and 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 it just didn't work out that way she ended up my mom ended up taking uh custody of my daughter which is definitely was wisdom for sure and i continue to do what I continued to do for years, whatever I needed to do to survive, a lot of obviously breaking, a lot of survive. I slept on the streets uh, most nights. If I wasn't on the streets, I was in some random somebody's house or some dirty motel or whatever it was. And that's just kind of the way that it went for me for years. And I was totally okay with it. For me, that was normal. For me, uh, it was comfortable. It wasn't scary, I think, for me, even at that age, because it had just already become uh, very familiar. Um, and so I, I just, you know, I continued to live that way until I met my now ex-husband. And that was the next thing to fill the void. We were really, really young. And I ended up, uh, you know, we ended up getting married and, and I allowed him to fill that void. And he was a extremely abusive uh, man. He would hold guns to my head. He would, I ended up giving him Two children, uh, he would, you know, just do the most. I mean, I could go on and on about the damage that was done, but it was extremely intense. And I stayed because I, because I had made a vow, a very unhealthy vow, that I would not do what my mother had done, which was leave. And and my father was very abusive to my mother, and that I wouldn't do that. That I would hold the family together. And what I think I didn't realize in making that vow. And that judgment against my mom and in staying in the relationship that I was doing more damage to my children than good staying in that relationship and obviously physically and emotionally to myself as well um, but I thought that I was doing the right thing in a very sick way and so I stayed and I stayed for years um, until he uh, one night when I finally worked up the courage to leave you know he had gotten someone else pregnant and just continued to be me, but not let me go, wouldn't let me move on. So I just decided to leave when I wouldn't go back. He ran me over with our suburban.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: And yes, split me <laughs> right in half front and back, sheared my pelvic bone and left me in the street. Um, he came back, uh, drove back around. I don't know how long later I was in and out of consciousness in the middle of the street. And I remember, begging him and not being able to cry I think because I was in shock but I remember really desperately wanting to work up the tears so that he knew that this was serious you know and that I I needed help Um, and I remember begging him to to remove me from the street and to really uh, to to take me to go get help and he went on and on and told me that I was very dramatic and that I just needed to get up and things of that nature and for me, all of those, those types of conversation were super normal. He ended up, you know, picking me up and throwing me in the back of our Suburban and driving around with me for hours.
3: Oh, my goodness. Um, How old were you yeah, at before, this point, Brandy?
0: Uh, I was 26, I believe. Twenty-six. So it, um, and that's, for me, that was normal. I ended up in the hospital, obviously, on life support. It was days before he had contacted my family um and let them know he ended up uh going away to prison and for me uh, coming off of life support you know and and i'm lying to the police officers and i'm desperately trying to hold on to that that thing that even it was unhealthy and even that it so it was broken uh i needed it i needed it i needed that very unhealthy very sick love to fill that void because it something was better than nothing sure Um, and so with him being gone and obviously they had, you know, the police had taken him uh, into custody. I still, I think like any woman in abusive relationship, I think it's really hard for people to understand that you definitely draw to whatever that thing is in that other individual and that unhealthy part of you, it doesn't really matter. And so everyone can tell you over and over and over again, that this is, that this is not right and that this is no good and that you need to X, Y, and Z, but until you really um until there's something healthy to replace that need uh it 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 almost doesn't matter if that makes
2: sense. yeah, yeah it it makes total sense uh brandy, we're gonna take a short break and we come back we're gonna pick uh, pick this up so uh don't go away listeners uh this is a powerful story because don't don't you know and brandy's right denver right i mean I- unless you have something to replace it, it's as good as it gets. At, yes. at the moment, it, you know, even you can know beyond knowing that what you're in is not healthy and wrong and not getting you anywhere.
3: Something's better than nothing.
2: But something's better than nothing. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, don't go away. More with our guest, Brandy V, when we come back. Uh, a story of, uh, well, just... Mm. Of Some really rough stuff. And we're going to be talking about uh, how things change, too. So uh, yeah. don't go wait, We'll be right back.
0: Teen Challenge is a Christian drug and alcohol program,
1: 12 to 15 months long. We really focus on trying to help people with any life-controlling problem with a direct emphasis on discipleship. For $40 a month, you'll be a part of family restoration. You'll be a part of their recovery from addiction. You'll be a part of their renewal and healing. So please, become a Teen Challenge of Arizona student sponsor today. For more information, visit our website at tcaz.org. Too much God talk for you? Then you've tuned into the wrong station. This is Take 12 Recovery Radio.
2: That's right, and we're back. Boom. (laughs) Boom, we're back. Just like that. (laughs) Yes, just like that. Welcome to the Victory Report. Uh, And by the way, as a monthly sponsor uh, of Teen Challenge Arizona, this is some of the things you're going to get. You're going to get stuff, Denver.
3: Right on. That's right. (laughs) We all like stuff.
2: You're going to get a monthly newsletter uh, from your student, uh, a photograph of the student that you're helping, personal invitation, and VIP seating to their graduation. Uh, Opportunities for you to write and encourage your student. Of course, you'll get a tax receipt for your monthly income because Teen Challenge of Arizona is a 5013C nonprofit. Uh, When you sign up as a monthly sponsor, Teen Challenge of Arizona will send you a welcome kit introducing you to your sponsor's student so this is the number you can call if you want to sponsor a student it's 1-800-346-7589 or you can go to tcaz.org all right all right all right that's the that's the information (laughs) we need that's the information we need need. yeah that sounded that almost sounded like you brandy on that promo there was that you (laughs)
0: That was not me, but I know who it was, and she's amazing. Oh, that's so it great!
2: Was not me? <laughs> so, Brandy V is our guest on the Victory Report uh, on this episode of the Victory Report. She is the center supervisor uh, at Home of Hope Women and Children's Center in Casa Grande, Arizona. Um, what is a center supervisor? Is that, it, do we call that, we call that a, a program, program coordinator? Program coordinator yes. here is that similar?
0: Yeah, that's. I think that that's very similar to what you guys call it there. Basically, um, a lot of running center. Honestly, it's uh, you know the the larger student issues, uh, the different department staff. Um, really, just I think coming alongside and really supporting um, the director so that she's not carrying, or in my case she, or in the men's case obviously uh, a he. Right. But carrying all of the weight, kind of being that armor bearer and really just honestly supporting the staff, making sure that they have everything they need um, to effectively do their job and to minister to the ladies. Uh, uh,
3: Go ahead, Diver. Yeah. Uh, you got called into this position, obviously, by the Lord. How long from the time that you entered Teen Challenge's doors to this point in life now? How long have you been involved with TC?
0: I came into the program in February, six days before my birthday, February 6, uh, 2012.
3: All right, 12. I went through the program. Yeah. I went through the program in 12 <laughs> myself. That was a good year. And I went through the program. <laughs> oh, dig this.
2: 30 years ago. <laughs> <Hi>.
3: <laughs> they were alive. They, awesome. they were, Yeah. 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 Oh, Monty's got some wonderful stories. Oh I, my I, goodness! I wish you were here. We could sit and visit. Oh my <laughs> word!
2: Yeah. Some of them are some 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 of them are uh, not worth repeating.
3: <laughs> At least not airworthy.
2: <laughs> I, when I when I came in, I wasn't done. If you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. They so, hear
0: me not have one of those.
2: Stories. Yeah. Yeah. But but you you guys have turnover, right? You have people go out and then come back. True.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Sure.
0: I think that a lot of them, like, you know, like you shared, and I even, like I said, I had one of those moments myself where you really, you know, you're either doing it for someone else, you're doing it for your kids, you're doing it for your parents, you're doing it for probation, uh, not necessarily sold out to the idea of change, or you just need some place to be momentarily, and you come, and it's tough. It's so hard to look at those things. It's so hard to deal with those places of, of wounding, um, and, and really uh, trust God in those situations and allow him to heal those memories uh, in those places. It takes work, and it's, it can be painful. And I think a lot of people kind of run from things like that. I definitely was one of them. Uh, but I think that you see them come back more often than not. You definitely see them come back more often than not and just say, I, I need this. I need this.
2: So, so Brandy, what, what, was there one event Particularly that brought you to a point of submission and and surrender, that brought you through the doors of Team Challenge of Arizona. What what was going on to uh, do that?
0: I would I would say all of it as a whole. I really got to a place. I think that by the time I walked through the door, honestly, long story short, meth addiction. Uh, healing from the accident, just all of the above. I was looking at 35 to 45 years in prison, walking through the doors. Here oh, Yeah, bad girl. I, um, you know, I had already been a couple of times, but not definitely not in the magnitude that I was facing walking through the doors. And I think part of me um, definitely wasn't willing. <laughs> My mom was all for it, obviously. Uh, but it really took my my seventeen year old daughter, who was seventeen at the time. Uh, she, we were we were outside and we were talking, and she said, um, "Mom, I really need you to go here." And, and this is the same daughter that that my mom raised. And I, I really need you to go here. I need you to just cry. And I said, "Angel, I'm doing fine. I'm just, you know, I'm getting by." And she said, "Well, I am really sick of you just getting by." Uh-huh. You know, And yeah, and so that was coming from my seventeen year old, and I really wanted um you know I wanted her to be proud of me even though I had already did the most uh to make it the exact opposite of that and I really wanted to be her mom and, and obviously a, a mother to my other children as well that I just basically alienated during my addiction pushed so far away from me um so I think that's really what it took for me but truth be told when I got out here to traffic Grand to take the tour the Lord was not Low at all. He, they came, and I don't even know how. Only oh God found me in Casagrande, repoed my car, my phone turned off, just completely turned off. So I was stuck out in Casagrande with no car, no phone, no anything, um, and just facing this this, this really long uh, sentence and outcome. And so, after my daughter said that, it wasn't a hard decision to say, "I'll try." You know, even if just for a month, I'll try.
2: Well, it sounds like a scene out of Breaking Bad or something. You're out in the middle of the <laughs> desert. You know, it's just like uh, you, you're at a place. You know, we we often say within uh, some recovery fellowships, you know, unless you have the unless you have the um, uh, the willingness of a of, of a drowning man, you're probably not going to reach for a life preserver. But right, you, right. you, you were definitely drowning and oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, what was it like? I mean, when you, when you walked through the doors, I mean, were you scared? Was it like, finally I, I can breathe? What was going on?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say that I was scared. Honestly, I was, um, uh, I was so closed off right? I was completely numb and 11 years old to 33 30 years old on the street and then and out of jails and then and out of prison. You kind of learn to, to guard yourself. And so there were some massive walls that had been built. And so I was very hardened. And the truth is I'm as soft as can be. I'm an extremely compassionate and loving person and praise God for it. But I think because I was always that soft, I almost was that much harder to protect myself. And so initially walking in, I was Really rough around the
1: edge.
0: Mm. <laughs> super rough. Yeah, and so the first month, I would say, uh, I was just like, yep, I'm here, you know. But I would watch the women around me, and I would watch their hands go up in praise, and I would, uh, there was this one girl in particular, super, super pregnant, beautiful, uh, tall uh, lady, and she would hit her knees in chapel with her, you know, her big old tummy, and she would lift her <laughs> hands up, and she would just cry, and I would look at her and say, "This is literally not real," mm. <laughs> and I just couldn't understand, and I didn't know where it was coming from, and I was so very confused uh, that I went to church uh, um, here in the program, and I said, "All right, God, perfect. If you, if this is real, like if that, what I'm doing right now, if that's real, then you are going to have to break down." These walls, you're literally going to have to tear them down so I can feel something because I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. And I i am not even kidding you. That same night I started, I had no idea why I was sobbing. I stopped for three days straight uncontrollably. I couldn't stop. If you said hi to me in the hallway, I was bawling. Made wow. Sense. Yeah. And he so it was really an answer to prayer. And I knew that it was exactly what I had prayed for. And so, at that point, moving forward, I was willing to at least place stock in uh this man that you know that loves me so much, yeah, this God that created me,
2: you know because you you came out of a out of a family background that was less than exemplary of who Jesus and your heavenly father was right right You're right so a lot of times when people speak of our heavenly father if if we've had you know, negative experiences with our earthly father. The reflection uh, uh, that we put onto our heavenly father is not all that great. Um, was was that difficult for you to make that transition?
0: Um, I I don't know that it was necessary. I can't say. I honestly couldn't tell you when I even made the transition. What I will say is that there were so many different moments. In time, I mean, things that still bring tears to my eyes. Where I was very aware uh, of of the Lord's presence, and I was very aware of His intentional love for me, in very specific, um, in very deep places. And so, because I was aware of His intentionality, almost, I knew uh, without a doubt that what I was hearing, you know, this this uh, this line that they were giving me, so to speak. But it was real I didn't I didn't really question it I'm definitely someone who say okay you know I'm definitely willing to believe uh, the best and, and uh, super positive and yeah let's just do it and so it wasn't hard for me to say okay but it was even harder for me to deny this God because he was very very intentional with me and very tender and very kind and very loving uh, and it was exactly what I needed it was the void uh, that I
2: so desperately needed to be filled, right? With filling, you know. So eleven, okay. So eleven years old, you ran away from home, and you and and you yeah. you stayed away. Oh yeah. Uh, you had been molested by a family member. You roamed the streets as a youth. You were in street gangs. You were huffing paint. You were raped. You were left in an alley. Uh, <laughs> you were pregnant in juvenile hall. You living on the streets. You felt it was normal. It was familiar and you kept trying to fill a void that only God could fill, and then you had an abusive husband to boot on top of all of that. Did you ever feel like you were unique, like nobody has it as bad as me, or did you ever feel like, like, uh, you know, I've never had it as bad as some other people? I mean, what, what was your feelings when you started hearing the stories of other people at a Teen Challenge of Arizona? Oh, other people in the center? Honestly,
0: I think I always kind of looked at it like, my story's not so bad. I think a lot of me mm. was willing to take on um, ownership of the choices that I made. And so that's never a hard place for me to go. Like, hey, this is something that, you know, and not all things. I'm not saying everything, obviously, was my doing. But there are definitely a large amounts of things in my past that, that I own because of the choices that I made. And whether those choices were made out of the wounded places or not, those were choices that I made. I do now think, I mean, you hear stories uh, way bigger and, and smaller, but I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily the, the story because, I mean, something as simple as, or what would be simple to me, I should say, is, a, is a, parent, a parent splitting up, you know, parents that have been married your whole childhood and then they split up. That can cause some serious sure. damage uh, to someone, you know, uh, whereas me that was super, super normal. There was never a time where there was a relationship anyway. So, you know, and so I don't know, I, I would say that totally lost sight of the question, honestly, I would definitely say that I felt as, as normal or as, you know, wounded or as whatever as anybody else.
2: But, but, but I can tell by the way you're sharing though, that because of your experiences, you've been able to uh, identify with other women and uh, like, like somebody else may not be able to, right?
0: Right. You know, I honestly, I, I say to, to myself or to my mommy, my mom talk about these things a lot. and she, You know, she obviously asked me the questions like, um, do you regret this or do you wish that this would have been different? And the truth is, I really think that obviously everything for a reason and God can use absolutely everything, Right for His good. And I believe so completely that, and because it's such a large gamut of things over my lifespan before I found the Lord, that I really can talk to a lot of different situations um, with the women here. So I feel very blessed by, as odd as that sounds, by the things that have taken place in my life, because not only have I been able to to grow and develop this intense, intimate relationship with God, but I also have the opportunity to, to give that that hope to others that, that I so desperately needed, and I know it's there. And so, when you believe in something so completely, but you can also give them a a, a, a story, right? You can relate to them, right, uh, in that, and say, "Hey, this is what that looks like for me." I think it's almost that much more powerful, and I think that's why part of the reason why Team Challenge works so well because so many of us have that that story. To share that really intense story to share, and so if it's possible for her or for him, or for them, then then it could be possible for me too, you know.
2: One one of the one of the marvelous things about uh, the Teen Challenge program, and we talked about this la- uh, on the last victory report, is within within the majority of your recovery organizations. AA, NA, Celebrate Recovery, uh, Alcoholics for Christ, Alcoholics Victorious, Overcomers Outreach. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, okay. There, there. In most of them, I would say 98% plus of them, there is an emphasis that left to your own devices, you're not going to do well. So you need a power greater than yourself, which cannot be human because if you're powerless and I'm powerless, zero plus zero is zero. Um, And and that you need to develop a relationship with that power. And hopefully we come to a realization that that power is the God who is God. And, um, you know, that can, that can be a journey for some people. Right. I mean, depending on their experiences. Um, But what we like about, about a faith based program is that we go right to the source i mean yeah there there are there are stepping stones and steps, if you will or, or or processes that we go through to help develop our relationship with God, but right off the bat, we recognize the fact that whatever we were doing wasn't working because truth be known, we were kind of playing god right we were we were trying to think that we were yeah, and that we need God in our life, were they gentle with you? As far as helping you develop this relationship with your heavenly Father, uh, uh they were
0: they were beyond gentle with me. I'm telling you, I'm not joking, and I'm not going to go into the stories of my program, right? But I, I wasn't gentle. I was, like I said, I was very hardened. I was super rough around the edges, and I honestly believe that any other place would have washed their hands uh, of me and of the kind of trouble. <laughs> cause, you know, during my, pro- I mean, I'm serious, but they, uh, they didn't, it was there. I think, uh, Marianne did talk about it in the last one, that there is the motto that they love you back to life or love them back to life. And it is mm-hmm. so absolutely a thousand times true. And the truth is for me, it was really, really what I needed, but they, I mean, they never gave up. They constantly ministered to, loved on, prayed with, Encouraged. I mean, and even after I did the most, I ended up, you know, leaving for 30 days for some some, some pretty serious, uh, you know, things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they brought me back, and I really believed that coming back uh, for that meeting to determine whether or not they were going to bring me back, that there was no way they were going to let me step foot back in this house um, because it was destructive. I mean, it was extremely destructive, but they sat with me. They prayed with me, I want to say, for two to three hours, and I just— and they helped me connect uh, the dots uh, to some of the behaviors. And and then they welcomed me back with open arms. I mean, they loved me through some very, very intense things, but also some very destructive and bad choices because we're used to doing whatever is comfortable for us. And so if that's being self-destructive or destructive to others or running because that's easy, then that's, you know, we're going to go with that until we know something different. And they really took the time to love me. In such an intentional way, the same way the Lord loves me in a very intentional way, but it was very tangible um, for me here in this facility.
2: Any questions for for our guest Denver? As you're sitting here listening to her uh, story.
3: I gotta tell you, Brandy, you're just rolling along. I have no questions. You're covering bases. She is, isn't she? Yeah. You know, you mentioned something about comparing uh, our stories to each other's stories, and I, personally, myself in my recovery, I have felt blessed that my story pales in comparison to sure. some. Uh, your story yeah. is a, a story of uh, difficulty, tragedy. Uh, you know, just overall roughness and it, it right. and you did say something though that is wonderful it brought you to this point point. i think you and i discussed Absolutely. that earlier so uh kudos man excellent yeah you, you listened <laughs> to, to god
0: moment for god
1: right yeah
3: yeah you listened to god and you <laughs> came through that door and uh you're, you're sticking it out and you're uh excelling i mean you you got a a heck of a story i don't even have to get close to the mic right now yeah, I mean, she really does. Yes, it, 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 it's
2: it, it's, it, it's quite amazing. And but you know why are we so amazed when God does his what he what he does? I mean, it,
3: it's just wonderful when to I, hear it. I mean, I know, when we it? say it's amazing, it's not that we don't believe it can't happen. It's just reaffirm. Right. It's, it's refreshing. Yes, it's refreshing. It's yeah. reaffirming that this work is going on all the time. Yeah, so. oh, it fans the flame. Yes, it fans it fans the flame. But I Thank you on
0: a daily basis.
3: Stands the flame. Well, well spoken.
2: So, so, <laughs> so okay. So, you know, you know your personal story better than anybody else, and because you lived it. And so, reflecting on that, when you, as, as somebody who is in leadership, who is in ministry, who's a staff member, who is the center supervisor for the women and children's center, mm-hmm. how frustrating is it for you when you see somebody? Um, kicking the goads, if you will, going against the system like you did, and and you you know you know there's a dragon down that road, and you try to let them know, and it's it's got to be frustrating, though, right? Um, You
0: know, it is. I mean, it can be yes, but I think that it's more heartbreaking than anything. Heartbreaking, I said, I such a massive heart for people in general. I mean, even the worst. I'll give you the perfect example: what the girl that my ex-husband got pregnant while I was expecting our my youngest, I was like, yeah, you, know, you know, you expect a, a big blow-up scene. And I remember the first time I saw her, I said, wow, oh, she has really pretty teeth. <laughs> oh, wow. Response, because just seeing the positive in people in general, it really, to my very core, is who I am. And so in situations like the one that you're describing, yes, it can be frustrating, but I think it, it's heartbreaking. But I think those are the people I almost gravitate to more because they remind me so much of myself and so it's going to take you know and for everybody it's something different because we are all created and crafted very very differently um but it's going to take that extra mile it's going to take that very intentional time it's going to take that um additional you know counsel for scripture that's really going to minister to that thing in them and the truth is they own it, you know. I mean, at, at some point, you can you can you can give them all of the tools and all of the love, but they really have to want it for themselves more than we want it for them. Sure. And that's just a lot.
2: Sure, sure. You bet, you bet. So, uh, t- take us through your average day at at the uh, Home of Hope.
0: Um, for myself, or for the for the students? For you? <laughs> for you? For me? Um. On a typical day, I wouldn't, you know, when I'm not like right now, I'm training um, some of our new interns, and so I'm kind of doubling over on the floor, really helping them to kind of learn the process and that next step for them. But on a typical day, when I'm not doing something like that, I'll come in in the morning. Uh, I hold a short devotion time meeting with with my maintenance girls um, that are in that work hall. I do department meetings uh, with each department to make sure that they have. What they need um, to accomplish their goals for the day, uh, you know, if it's if it's encouragement they need because of something that's going on personally, if it's uh, something for a specific student coming in or, or whatever it is that they may need, if they're hitting a wall with this or whatever, then they tend to have a little bit more. I think I've been in pretty much every department in the house almost, so right. have a lot of that background knowledge, and so I can really uh, speak to administrators those types of things. And so I spent uh, about an you know, 15 to 20 minutes, depending on what's going on with each staff member, um, kind of catching up and making sure that they're in good shape. Um, we have self evolved process here in center, and so I like to attend those and be a part of those with the girls and sometimes, you know, have, have some of my own because we don't stop growing. It, doesn't, it sure. doesn't stop. You didn't you didn't arrive just because you have, you know, uh, completed. There, there's always more. Um to work on. And so, uh, and then by that time, typically it's it's lunch, and then I have, uh, you know, request forms from the students for, for certain things, passes, uh, phone calls with parents. Really just depends on a day to day. As you guys know, anything can happen. And so I just yeah. <laughs> hit the, the very large issues, the very intense ones head on, lots of conversations, lots of ministry throughout my day. Uh, so just depending on, on what's going on for the day.
2: You, you bet. You bet. So so do you guys, uh, as a staff, do you guys meet together for prayer on a regular basis? We do. Yeah. So is that like a morning yeah. thing you do daily? Or? We, have,
0: uh, we have. Typically, we would love, obviously, for everyone to be a- available in the morning. That's definitely not always the case. We do have Tuesdays set aside specifically um, as a team.
2: Tuesdays,
0: so, yeah. yeah, yeah, we Donut, know- Donut, Tuesday.
2: <laughs> Donut Tuesday, Donut Tuesday, Donut.
0: <laughs> Monday, you hit the ground running, and so Tuesday is always a good day to kind of bring it back and you know, right. Really invest and love on and encourage one another.
2: So you have a real connection with your department heads on a regular basis.
0: I love them. I, you know, you could. It, it really takes everyone and everyone is so uniquely gifted and all of the different parts of the body. And so you, they're amazing. I absolutely do love them uh, with everything. And I, I love easily. So, so yeah. Oh, she loves them. That's huge. I really do love everybody. I think, but, but a very intentional and special love for each and every one of them. A few of them, I went through the program with um, six years ago uh, our intake coordinator is actually one of them, and she is just one of the most passionate, genuine, gentle uh, people that I've ever met, you know, and so they all really are unique and special and bold and Amazing and very, very uh, qualified and loved by the Lord, and you can see it just in conversation with them. So yeah, they are all pretty
2: special. So we're we're almost out of time because we have a closing song that we're going to be playing. But let me let me ask you, uh, what do you do for Brandy as far as maintaining a healthy state of being recovered? And when I say recovered, I mean, I mean that that we we've recovered. Denver and I sit here uh, as. Two men who have recovered from a seemingly seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to the power of Jesus Christ, um, and 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 working, you know, some some applicable using some applicable tools to keep us in that state. What do you do for Brandy? Honestly,
0: my favorite thing to do—I'm not even going to lie—is my granddaughter. I just love her so much. She's the best, and so I spend a lot of very intentional time with her, and I still have uh, two uh, children under the age of 18 that I, that I spend a lot of time with. But on a personal level, I actually just recently am waiting for my prison ministries application to go through uh, because I am and it's taken a little bit longer, but that's somewhere that I'm going to start investing any additional time I have. because I just think that it's really, really important that they understand before – they hit the streets again, that there definitely is another solution. And if you can just get through and really, you know, that can sink in. If you can plant and allow the Lord to water that seed while they're there, then maybe just maybe it looks a little bit different for them than it did for me. You know,
2: do you you have a, do you have somebody you're accountable to spiritually? Do you attend like celebrate recovery or any of that kind of thing? That's just for you.
0: very invested in our church uh, I go to to crossroads out here in castle Grand I love my pastor um I don't go to celebrate recovery really but I do invest in the house and the things that we're doing here as far as um outside services and things like that and like prison ministries like I said is something that I'm very passionate about. right I'm yeah
2: yeah yeah so so you <laughs> okay. I, I'll bet you you though I bet you have people in your life that have permission to call you on the carpet if they think you're going sideways, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. We have uh, our director actually here at the center. Her name is uh, Teresa, is one of the people that have been with me my entire uh, program. And she's actually a very uh, in your face, bold, loving, passionate person. She was the yeah, one. Yeah, we know
2: somebody like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. She refused to give up on me. And so she very much is that person. Uh, also, our child care director, Sybil, who just full of wisdom that that if i've hit a wall i mean i don't even have to say it i can go on and on and on about this frustration or that story and they will say but do you realize that that's your pride or do you do you realize that's control and then you know on goes a whole list of homework and (laughs) sure sure books and things for me to read and really invest (laughs) so yeah i do definitely have those people and by the grace of god i get to work with those people on a daily basis right you know
2: Right. So this is Frontline's work. And what we mean by that is this is where the rubber meets the road. When we're dealing with life-controlling issues that take people out, we know that addiction, for instance, is not the only life-controlling issue, but addiction is the number one health crisis in our world. And recovery from it gets the least amount of, uh, uh, of attention because of stigma. And when you're in the trenches like you are, uh you experience stigma right I mean you hear people say ah oh, yeah sure whatever i mean you know those <laughs> those gals they'll never they're never going to get sober they're going to do i mean oh, yeah. you know and that's got to be especially for you know i mean when i came in the program you know all my relatives were like yeah well whatever we'll see <laughs> uh you yeah. know but but being in the trenches on a regular basis helps to break that stigma which is so vitally important your guys' website is www.tcazhomeofhope.org and the link is uh, up on um, on the webpage uh, here as well. Brandy, uh, before we we close out the show uh, is there anything that you would like to to say any, any specific person you want to thank or uh, who's been the major influence in your walk. Uh, uh, tell me about that.
0: Honestly, honestly, first and foremost, obviously God. Like <laughs> no,
2: yeah.
1: who
0: wouldn't say that? It's kind of like getting up and accepting your Emmy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like just, you know wow. but it's true. But honestly, just seeing challenge as a whole, there are so many individuals. I mean, even in the men's centers, there are pastors and directors that have really poured into my life um, on a personal level just in passing in conversation our corporate office who has some some absolutely amazing people who are really willing to invest and spend time in my in the in the center that I'm that I'm blessed and honored to work in. You know, I couldn't they just don't give up. They just don't and so it's such a it's such a special, special place to be a part of. And so I'm just I'm honestly beyond grateful. And if I had to say anything, it would just be an encouragement to Someone who maybe is listening and, you know, is just like, yeah, that's great for you, but what about me? Or I just can't see it, I can't see it. And for me, I had a really hard time, you know, not necessarily a hard time believing, but definitely had that area of unbelief. And so that scripture where it talks about, I think it's in Mark, where I I believe that helped me with my unbelief was definitely something Mm. but there is a scripture in Psalms that says, "Your path leads through the sea; your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there." And that—that that was it for me. Like I had no idea, no clue, that all of that would lead me here. And so I would say, uh, you know, I believe that for anyone and everyone. I would just really encourage them if, if there is someone that's listening that needs help to really. Reach out, and go to the website, click on the the Get Help tab, uh, or give us a call because it's absolutely life-changing, my relationship with the Lord. I I couldn't imagine ever uh, not having this now, you know, or not wanting and desiring to continue to grow this on such a massive level.
2: Well, listen, I, I really thank you for being on the show with us today. And I just want to encourage people that are listening because, you know, one of the questions that parents and relatives and even people that are struggling themselves will say is, oh, yeah, but we, we've we looked into these things before and it costs so much. And what about the money issue and all that? And I always tell people it's not about what you're able to do financially. It's about what are you willing to do? Um, Absolutely. What are you willing to? Are you willing to go to any lengths to get healthy again? Are you willing to go to any lengths to 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 help stop the pain? And it's kind of a, you know, I ask when I was when I was employed uh, at Team Challenge, one of the things I would ask people I work with was, why are you here? What what is it that you're looking for? And most of the time, what I'd hear is basically, in a nutshell, I I want to stop the pain. And we would talk about, you know, you think you're here to get sobriety, but what you're really here for. Is to learn how to become of maximum service to God and the people He puts in yeah. your li- in your life. It's kind of a it's kind of a bait and switch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once God's got you, and we Demer and I talk about it all the time, the Teen Challenge bug is in your blood. Yeah, it just is. That's it doesn't fair. go away it's in the blood. It's right. In the blood.
3: Uh, Brandy, thank you so much.
0: Absolutely,
3: Brandy, Thank you so
0: much for having me. It's fun. You're you're a ball
3: of fire. Keep uh, throwing the flames, fanning the flames.
2: Yeah, you betcha. Absolutely, absolutely, Brandy. Uh, so don't hang up. Brandy V, the uh, uh, the center supervisor for Home of Hope Women and Children's Center, uh, has been our guest. Denver, how can they listen to the show there? Uh, oh, my, my friend, you, you caught me off guard. I here. know I did. <laughs> Just like. <that. laughs>
3: Going over some notes. Okay, here we go. You can listen and download to any of our shows by going to Take12Radio.com and clicking on Follow Me on the Podomatic. Once there, you can download our app uh, for Android or iOS. You can make a comment on our show, love us, hate us. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Hopefully you love us. Uh, You can also listen to the shows on our YouTube channel. Simply go to Take12Radio.com and click on the YouTube icon. And if you'd like to send us your email, uh, our email address is at Take12Radio at Comcast.net That is Take12Radio at Comcast.net Alrighty
2: So our closing song is uh, t- entitled Unlikelies and it focuses on us, us. <laughs> We are the Unlikelies uh, and it's by uh, our friend Mr. Blake Bowlerjack. Check it out
1: God of abandon. Rejected, betrayed God of the hopeless Brought life to this claim God of aborted Unwanted and plain God of the children
2: Well, thank you to our guest today on this episode of the Victory Report. Uh, Listen, the next Victory Report will be Wednesday, March 7th, when we will be interviewing Marla M., the intake coordinator for the Adolescent Girls Home Springboard Home for Youth. You don't want to miss that. To tune in to all of our Recovery focused shows, always Christ-centered, always glorifying God, remember... Take12radio.com. There you can follow us on Podomatic You can download our app. You can follow us on YouTube. There's just no reason why you should have to miss another show of the world's only faith-based recovery talk and positive music radio program here at Take12radio.com. All right. Until our next broadcast. This is the Monty Man along with Denver Wolf, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. Hi
1: plans. Now the
0: This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.